0: This is the movie Hall of Fame! Thanksgiving twenty twenty three, and there he is across the table from me. Stuffed with gravy, turkey, and a lot of America's uncle.
1: (laughs) Oh, Oh, that's a terrible image. Don't do that. It's Adam Hall! Happy Thanksgiving, my guy (laughs) No. Happy
0: Thanksgiving! It is the third year, Hanksgiving 2023, <laughs> Yes, where we talk about the films of Tom Hanks. We pick yeah. five out of a hat, and we discuss them. This year, we decided to keep it thematically relevant. Five movies that share some DNA, and these are his early comedic performances. Yes. Yes, they are. 80s comedy to paint with kind of a broad brush. There's one movie from 1990, but we include that. It's... Bush administration. Is, yeah,
1: the carryover. It's yeah, so, it's yeah, still right? easy.
0: Yeah. So five early Tom Hanks comedy performances are on the docket today because, frankly, we're running a little thin on this Hanksgiving bit. I didn't expect I it to go this long.
1: It didn't take very long at all. We Because then what, what do you do after that? Like, We could try to get really creative and come up with the Hanks movies where he's like an asshole.
0: Right. That's yeah, villain. Yeah, Vill- heel turn villainous. Hanks performances. Yeah, yeah. Not a bad idea, I think. Right. I mean, pretty soon, though, we're going to be fucking doing Polar Express and- Oh, I don't want to do that. The circle and shit. The circle. (laughs) No. No. We thought, let's trace the roots, though, Mm -hmm. of Hanks. Let's look for Lucy, the missing link in his early career, and talk about these five movies. Yeah. 1984's Bachelor Party. 1986's The Money Pit. 1989's The Burbs. 1989's Turner and Hooch. And 1990s Joe versus The Volcano, one of them getting
1: into the Movie Hall of Fame. Yes. How do you feel about our selections this year? These are all very well-known movies in their own right and have their own following. And mostly very beloved with the exception of one, which we're going to get to. I liked every single one of them. And yeah, this was a- You did? Every single one of them. Liked every single one of them. Oh, I didn't like all of them, but I'm happy that you had a good Thanksgiving. Had a great time.
0: I'm happy that you were thankful for our our boy Tommy.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're all very
0: good. At first glance, perhaps it's a, a little odd that we're doing his 80s comedies without doing Splash and Big. Well. Which we had covered previously on the pod.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's like we don't need to cover those again.
0: Hanks, as a comedic actor... Really bizarre watching all of these movies in the year 2023, given that Hanks made the transition to one of the great dramatic actors of all time. Yes. That he worked with Spielberg, that he, you know, worked with Zemeckis, that he had all these incredible iconic dramatic roles. There were a lot of stinkers. There were a lot of fucking stinkers in the 80s, -hmm. you know? Uh, Mm -hmm. The Man with One Red Shoe, Volunteers was with John Candy, uh, Reuniting from Splash. Oh, yeah. Nothing in Common, the Gary Marshall movie that he did with Jackie Gleason. Uh, he did a, a remake of Dragnet. But, you know, you think of him as this guy that only makes, like, really smart choices. If he's going to flop, it's at least going to be a big flop. You know, it's going to be Bonfire of the Vanities. Even The Da Vinci Code, those movies aren't good, but they all make money. And yeah. it's with Ron Howard and whatever. But it's, it's funny watching him in the 80s and being like, Two paths can diverge in the wilderness yeah. for you, right? And it's like one leads you to back to back Oscar wins and one of the most celebrated careers of all time. And the other one is, you know, you're Corey Feldman. You know, <laughs> it's like you just oh. had like a hot stretch in the 80s or Michael J. Fox, maybe is a better example. Yeah. Of just sure, like sure, you sure. had a hot stretch in the 80s of comedies and you're this relic. But yeah, it's, it's
1: crazy watching these 80s comedies where it's like,
0: we really don't make comedy stars like this anymore.
1: No, with that level of like, Energy, charisma, and just talent as an actor. I right. will say, watching these movies though, you can tell that this guy is just a phenomenal actor. Despite the fact that, yes, okay, these he's funny. I all these movies, where he's supposed to be funny to me. He's very funny. He works. Yes, he could have just done straight comedies for a long time, and I mean, he stuck. He always hung around it with like the SNL crowd to a degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was like the five timer club on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, I right. and I love him on those. The howdy dos howdy don'ts. That's just the best shit ever.
0: Are you a uh, David Pumpkins fan?
1: Very stupid. But, Has he grown on you? But in a way, it's like, it's so bizarre <laughs> that I, I, you know, yeah, it's, I can't look away. It's that, that train car disaster. Yeah, you I'm can't like, look away. What? Who came up with that shit?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Any questions?
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I don't think he ever strayed too far from his comedy roots. No. It's just interesting because, like, you think about the comedy stars of today. Kevin Hart, Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. You know, Adam Sandler, everything post 2000, Melissa McCarthy on the female side or whatever. And it's like all of those comedy actors came with jokes. You know, like they came with their own reputations and the fact that they yeah. were in the movie was half of the joke. Yeah, exactly. It's like they came preloaded with like these yeah. presets, like, you know, like Woody and Toy Story. You pull on the string and he says these certain catchphrases. True. And that's the way that like comedy stars are packaged in the two thousands and the two thousand tens. Yep. Right. It's like and Eddie Murphy to a certain extent was in the eighties, although I would argue he was a more successful dramatic actor than all those guys. Mm-hmm. You didn't really have a lot of Jack Lemons and Jimmy Stewart's. Ah, yeah. Jimmy Stewart, of course, being the one that's most compared to Hank's. Where it's like, they are vessels for the material that they are speaking. Mm-hmm. Right? Jack Lemmon is a vessel for Billy Wilder's idiosyncratic comedy stylings. Right? And he's just a fucking guy. <laughs> and in order for those movies to work, he needs to just be a fucking guy. Yeah. You know? Right. It's so rare now that a comedy actor is able to make the transition into dramatic actor as effectively as Hanks did because so few of them are chameleons
1: in their comedies. There's not really many. There's really not many. I mean, there was a time where I thought Jonah Hill could do it, but...
0: I feel like he ran from comedy a lot harder almost than Hanks did.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, here's okay. Here's another... Because he was typecast as the fat guy, right? It's, that was it, the thing. Exactly right. And, and you don't really get that sense with Tom Hanks, nor do you get the sense that he really feels all that full of himself. There's a unpretentiousness to the way tom hanks went about it that made it so he could transition so seamlessly
0: even though he did some pretty t- pretentious movies absolutely I mean, bonfire in the movies is incredibly
1: is, right yes 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 yes, yes. Right, right. it's a bad movie and you know he's not right for it but as everybody says on the making of that movie yeah we can't get enough of tom yeah we love that tom hanks we'll let him do whatever he wants and he's
0: really <laughs> trying something with that one too yeah and it is. felt like a conscious attempt yeah. like i was nominated for the oscar for big mm-hmm. i have a chance here I can't be making Turner and Hooch the rest of my life. You know, I just can't <laughs> No, no, that's true. You know, so it's like he went, I'm going to work with De Palma, I'm going to work with Shanley, and uh, it doesn't really work out until Philadelphia and when it works out better than it's ever worked out before. You yeah, know? that's a
1: stroke of genius, though.
0: I think you're right in the pretentious thing, though, because a lot of yeah. comedy actors do, I mean, Jim Carrey tried that with the number 23, you know? He,
1: he tried it, and, you know, I think he's good in Man on the Mood, but... He- the, right, that Jim Carrey trying to make that movie is a disaster I don't like it's hard to like Jim Carrey after learning what he went through trying to make that movie yeah right
0: like imagine hearing that like yeah Hank's on the set of Forrest Gump went method nope y- like, nope you know, you know you don't hear that shit about him it's like Yeah, I'm doing dramas because this is the kind of work that I want to do, but I'm not shedding my comedy persona entirely. I'm not pretending like Bachelor Party was this, like, major mistake that I made.
1: No, no. But he also recognized the fact that he has these ingredients always kind of cooking. Like, even Castaway has plenty of funny moments. Oh, totally. That's a tough movie at times, but, like, he weaponized that stuff beautifully. And if I'm going to make a
0: comedy— yeah. I'm going to make it with Nora Ephron. Like, I'm going to make sure that it's an artistically fulfilling thing. I'm not just going to do a stupid script. You know, like, I'm going to make sure that there's some integrity to it. Yes, yes. Which is the, or like, I'm going to do the Lady Killers. Not a successful movie, but like, if I'm going to make comedies, I'm doing it with the Coens. It's
1: interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting comedy, at the very least, yeah. Right, right, right. He's just a really fucking good actor. And that's the thing about
0: all of these movies, it's just, you're watching him act
1: And these are not all the same characters, too, by the way. Totally. They're all their own sort of comedic persona, which I thought was incredibly impressive. That's the problem with a lot of comedy actors, again, is that they just play the same character. You know, Kevin Hart's very popular, Mm -hmm. but he just plays Kevin Hart in every fucking movie. Right, right, right. You know, and Will Ferrell, unfortunately, early on I was okay with him, but he just kind of started playing Will Ferrell again and again and again and again. Exactly, right, exactly. And Tom Hanks has... To me, never really done that. And right. then, gr- granted, there are Tom Hank isms in all of these movies. There has to be for them to work. But no, I think these are all sort of their own uh, uniquely defined characters. Come
2: on, party. A bachelor party for him. Surprise! A bridal shower for her. A night to encounter ex boyfriends, ex girlfriends. X-Men yeah. and x mis- mm-hmm. ah! 20th Century Fox invites you to witness a tradition no one will discuss in public that would be out of sight dude a motion picture event you can't afford to miss this is the best 3D I've ever seen <sighs> I've seen better bachelor party starring tom hanks a man's tradition every woman should know about hey it's dark in here
0: we will begin with 1984's bachelor party his second performance after splash his breakout splash and this is his second movie after bosom buddies (laughs) never seen it (laughs) yeah i've never seen an episode of bosom buddies it's it's one of those things it didn't do well. The ratings were not good. Interesting. But it's one of those things that's been reclaimed as like a gem of the eighties. All right. Interesting. Yeah. Directed by Neil Israel, starring Tom Hanks and Tawny Catane.
1: Real tragic. Story, but did you read into this at all? I, I did. Well, because I was like, "Oh, it's it's the girl from Seinfeld that's doing the readings." There are They're, two two yeah, Seinfeld right. people in this. Too, During the chess, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my penis and my brain are having a chess match. Right, <laughs> it was a vision, by the way. This girl, yeah, stunning. Well, that's why I did a little digging. I'm like, wait, yeah, a minute. what happened? Who is this? And I did the same thing. Yeah, it, it
0: severe drug abuse was like on one of those Dr. Drew rehab shows, and it was a very public about her addiction had an affair with O.J. Simpson, a like, prolonged affair while he was married to Nicole, which became like a big tabloid story Whoa. in the 90s. And she just passed away a couple years ago. Yeah, I saw that. A soon-to-be-married man's friends throw him the ultimate bachelor
1: party. <laughs> yeah. Eat I've your been- heart out, The Hangover. Yeah. Eat I w- your heart out. Yeah, it's much better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's all over the place in a good way. I, so, sometimes I'm wondering how insane is the comedy gonna get, mm. like like how slapstick, how are uh, they actually gonna
0: drug a mule and. Fuck it, yeah, and fuck it, and then throw it in an elevator
1: as it lies there dead. Uh, I'm glad they didn't fuck the mule, but uh, that's true. Uh, that was nice, but they did. Drug it didn't them. pull a Clerks two. No, <laughs> great scene in Clerks two. Yeah, <laughs> that I'm mule sure it's sex Really rewatchable for you. The best part of the movie. Yeah, totally. Uh, ugh. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they they go for it in a lot of funky wacky areas, and despite the raunchiness of the movie, like. <laughs> This is a cute movie. Yeah. <laughs> There's something kind of adorable about, like, right when it's about to go for the jugular in the way that The Hangover is kind of doing, mm. this movie has, like, slightly better taste. <laughs> Yeah, it does. Do, again, they don't have sex with the mule, yeah, right? And then you know, it's like Tom Hanks is almost gonna have sex with the woman, but he doesn't have sex with the woman, right? He keeps his head on his shoulders. He's really a good guy at heart, and right. And they make up quickly, you know. They do. And all the while, these just funny shenanigans. Ah, he painted my Porsche f- on with flames, ah, right? Stuff like that. Yeah,
0: I, I think part of it is just Hanks, right? Mm-hmm. Like part of it is like the movie can't help but have heart. Yeah. With him at the center of it, and especially you're seeing him now in that context. And it's like, oh, this is just boy things. Sure, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I think he plays a pretty solid like frat boy jackass, though. I yeah. think he does a really good job. Because I'm like, I know he he's playing a total goofball in this movie. Yeah. And I was like, eh, can I square that with Hanks? I'm not sure if he works as that kind of guy. Mm. But I thought he was great.
0: Yeah, he's good. I was surprised to see him in Bugs Bunny mode.
1: Yes, exactly. That's this whole movie. It's very Looney Tunes. You know, know, it's
0: very, it's really raunchy Looney Tunes. But like (laughs) when he's sitting down at the table with his in-laws, soon to be in-laws, and the ex-boyfriend comes in, it's like, what's your name again? And he goes, Bond, James Bond. James Bond, that's right. (laughs) It's just an incredible like fourth wall breaking moment. And that's this entire movie is he's just, he's applauding for people as they do stupid things. Yes. And, you know, messing with the ex-boyfriend it's
1: just a hell of a character i love this villain it's just
0: such a fucking idiot yeah who's like <laughs> shooting bow and arrows across that, the way like ready to kill people
1: that visual get like who did this and then another one comes in psh- Oh look at that! <laughs> right now, that is that, that Looney Tunes. That's yeah, Elmer Fudd missing, it's, right? It's very, very, very Looney Tunesy. And then the ending with the fight scene with the projector, which is just a genius. I'm like, it's really funny. I'm like, this is awesome. It's I, really funny. I fucking love this. Best movie experience I've ever had. and she gets punched in the face, like, yeah. that is great stuff. This it's is really a,
0: it like, and it's not like a movie that's shot particularly well. Nah. So it's, but the idea is great. They're in a. Movie theater as they're showing an old 3D movie yep, yep. with the red and blue glasses as it did in the 80s. And yeah, the fight
1: is going on and the motions are mimicking so crazy. what's happening on screen <laughs> so the audience assumes it's 3D. It's really funny, yeah. It's really true. good. And then the bus comes through the screen. I'm just like, I'm clapping with them. I, I'm like, <laughs> this movie just rules. I'm just having the best time of my life. <laughs> Listen, there's
0: a character named Nick the Dick yes. who is a... Stripper at the Chippendales that the Bachelorette party has gone to. And there's a whole prolonged scene about how they put his dick in between two buns and like when he puts it on the platter, it makes like a thudding sound. (laughs) Yeah. This is the type of movie you're getting into here. This is not like a hot, this is not a Joe Dante-esque, you know, excellently crafted crafted. comedy. You
1: know, this is a silly movie, Mm -hmm. but... I buy that, that it has some heart, definitely. It's, it certainly does, yeah. And I, it maybe be different if I didn't think the movie was so fucking funny. It's just really it's funny. It's really funny. I laughed a lot. A lot, yeah. When the hookers show up to the bridal shower can you you know what's gonna happen You're just like no way it's so good they oh, come
0: out with like a vibrator and
1: whips and they like start yeah it's one of those parties and then they drop down out of frame as the women start getting their reactions <laughs> they start
0: screaming
1: like nobody stops it's not the kind of movie that to me like like so my mom, <laughs> if she were watching this movie. She wouldn't have been, like, mad at the movie. She just would have been like, oh, my God. Right. But, oh, like, how kinda, scandalous. But like, kind of smiling at the same time, though, like, right. but having fun, you know? It's that kind it's of— It's not ex- quite the glory hole in Porky's. Like, she doesn't have—no, yeah. no, 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 no. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she yeah. doesn't have to get up and leave the room. That's the best way I can yeah, Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, even
0: though, because the language actually isn't that severe and there's not a ton of nudity. There's one full frontal
1: scene with a Playboy model or whatever. And then a guy gets his ass cheeks kissed, which is, you know, that's lovely. (laughs) Hey, there's a beautiful full moon out tonight. <laughs> again, I knew where it was going, and I—it is I said, that is the movie, I'm right? Just like, like, oh, yeah. that's just—it's just lovely. Like
0: when they take the porno movie out and they project it, It's like you know exactly where this is going. Yep. They just cut to the after sex scene. Hey,
1: but it, again, that tells you a lot about the type of comedy that it is. That it's a raunchy comedy, but it's not that raunchy. It, it, it's a little more tastefully done than most of these movies are. It's not American Pie, for example. I
0: I did like the guy that. Continually tries to kill himself. That guy was fucking
1: hilarious. Let's be
0: honest. We all have that friend. And yeah. if we don't have that friend, it's you. Um, <laughs> the friend that's just like in a dead end marriage that maybe has a couple drug problems and it's like is always a fucking buzzkill whenever you go on your guy's trip. And that was just so true to me. And his, like, half-hearted attempts to drown himself and then, like, cut himself with the, oh, like, yeah, yeah, shaving yeah, 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 yeah. razor. Uh, that was an incredible running gag. Oh, yeah. and The way that Hanks responds to it, too. It's just... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that red is so true to me, even though, like, it was kind of darkly comedic. I know. I know. know. At this hotel, this really fancy hotel that they're staying at, of course, they decorate their room with like blown up condoms and things. And they're ready for an orgy. That's yeah, they're like the... ready
1: for an. yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: Which I thought was notably different from how we handled your bachelor party. V- well, Hey, the mule was a similarity.
1: I <laughs> oh, when that mule showed
0: up. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun night. Um, but, uh, yeah, They're just like, we're bringing in a rock band to like, yeah, like live that. performance. And then, meanwhile, at this hotel, there's a convention with like guys with moose hats on. I know it's <laughs> some kind of like secret society meeting. And I, I just thought that was a really funny gag that mm-hmm. didn't really call too much attention to itself.
1: No, no, you no.
0: know, just the idea of like these things are happening simultaneously at this hotel. It's,
1: I just love it when they, they bring stuff like that in and they call very little attention to it. Just guys in moose outfits just walk across the frame. It's why the funniest gag in Pink Panther are the, the zebras. Running across the frame <laughs> for no good reason. <laughs> You're running after the guys.
0: Yeah, I would say it's probably not the best sex comedy of the '80s. I think no. *Fast Times* is probably a little better, or *Avenger of the Nerds*. I probably like a little more,
1: but this this is up there in the pantheon. I would say is *Animal House* a sex comedy or just a '80s or '70s comedy? Yeah, I don't think it's really in
0: that. I mean.
1: Obviously, this is very much in the spirit of Animal House. Maybe. You don't have this movie without Animal House.
0: Yes. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe you say Animal House. Um, yeah, it's good. I enjoyed it. I laughed way harder than I thought I was yeah, going to. Yeah, me, me too, me too.
1: It's a carefree movie. I don't know. It just does the job. Yeah. I had a great time with this, and I highly recommend it. The you pimps know. that are
0: just like really like cordial and like, mm-hmm. <laughs> just yeah, sure, I'll send them to No problem.
1: Yeah, no problem. $200. Take, <laughs> take them. And if you don't bring them back, I'll cut your balls off. Uh,
0: Roger Ebert said that he liked... Tom Hanks in this movie more than he liked him in Splash, which I
1: found quite hilarious. I, I, do you see what he's saying? I know. I see what he's saying. I do. I do. I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he's g- great in both, but for different reasons.
2: <laughs> Look, this is an old house. It's gonna need some work. Five grand, five thousand dollars. That's just a deposit. A little work. When do you think you can start? Just as soon as your check clears. A little care. Do you really buy this house? Yes, it is. <laughs> A little imagination, and it's going to be great. Oh, God! Girl. Hey, Mr. Fielding! Don't worry about it, thing. Okay, guys, let's do it! The Money Pit. If they've got what it takes, it's going to take everything they've got. Coming this Christmas from Universal Pictures.
0: So I find it very funny that the cinematographer behind this next movie, The Money Pit from 1986, is Gordon Willis. Me too. Because if you were a child of the 2000s like you and I were, you will remember this little cutaway gag in one of our favorite TV shows.
2: (laughs) I did not care for The Godfather. What? Did not care for The Godfather.
1: How can you even say that, I Didn't Dad?
2: like didn't like it. Peter, it's so good. It's this, like the perfect movie. I, this is what everyone always says. Whenever they say oh, Robert I, De Niro, Al Pacino, I, I mean, listen, you never see Robert Duvall! I, know, I <laughs> no, fine fine actor. Did not like the movie. Why not? Did not couldn't get into it. Uh, explain yourself. What didn't it, you like about it? It insists upon itself, Lois. What? It insists upon itself. What does that even mean? Because <laughs> it has a valid point to make. It's insisting. <laughs> it takes forever getting in. And you, know, you spend like spend like six and a half hours and then you know, I can't even get through I can't even finish a movie. I've never even seen the You've ending. You've never seen the ending? Well, well, how can you say you don't like it if you haven't even given it a chance? I but agree with Joey. It's not really fair. I have tried on three separate occasions to get through it, and I, I get to the scene where all the guys are sitting around on the easy chairs. Yeah, it's and a, a great ro- scene. I That's, love that, that scene. it in every anno. I have no idea what they're talking about. It's like they're speaking a different language. That's where I lose <laughs> interest and I own way. They're speaking Italian. The language they're speaking <laughs> is a language of subtlety, something you don't understand. I love the money pit. That is my answer to that statement. Exactly. Well, there you go. Whatever.
0: I like that movie too.
1: <laughs> I love The Money Pit.
0: Yeah, and indeed, The Money Pit is pretty good. I'll give Peter Griffin credit on it's... that one. Yeah, The Money Pit's okay. Uh, directed by Richard Benjamin, starring Tom Hanks, Shelley Long, Alexander Godanov plays the ex-husband conductor of the symphony. I just know him as one of the terrorists from Die Hard. I absolutely, one of the terrorists from Die Hard. Also, for the Wireheads out there, Frankie Faison and Wendell Pierce are both in very minor parts in this movie. I thought that was interesting. This is a remake, by the way, of the Cary Grant vehicle. Mr. Blandings oh, builds his dream house. That makes
1: complete sense. Oh. From 1948. I can picture it
0: now, yeah. A young couple struggles to repair a hopelessly dilapidated house. That's the plot of this movie. It's pretty simple. It's a man against his house. Yep. Joe fights the volcano in one movie. Joe He's... fights his house in another one. Yep. <laughs> I think it's okay. I I think it's fine. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a little more lukewarm on these I think than you are. Um And this movie was a hit by the way. It cost 18 million, gross 37 <gasps> domestic. It was a Steven Spielberg produced movie. I don't know. This thing just fucking opens and it's like there's this 80 it sounds like, you know, the perfect strangers theme or something. Like it mm. feels like a sitcom and there's shots of the city and it's very sitcommy. Shelley Shelly Long is fucking in it, you Absolutely, know? Absolutely, yeah. And she's playing a version of Diane in this. Like, it's not that far off. It's a similar kind of snooty, too smart for her own good kind of character. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, it's okay. I just feel like there's one joke. That's the problem. And it's just this one joke for 90 minutes.
1: Hey, I sort of feel that way in, 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 about like Home Alone, though, to a degree, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't care. It's a funny joke. <laughs> I could have watched this thing for two hours. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Wow. Loved it. It's a great movie. Great uh, movie. I think I liked it more than, the, than Bachelor Party. Wow. <laughs> and a lot of that is what it's going to come back... The hijinks of trying to get this house together are genuinely... Hilarious to me, scene by scene. But I also it wouldn't have worked as well if uh, Tom Hanks and Shelley Long weren't doing their thing. It's just, just fucking. Remarkable chemistry these two.
0: Yeah, I just lo- yeah.
1: I loved their scenes together, and I just loved every gag they had every time they had to play off of each other. It's a movie that you know, despite that it is one joke, is just endlessly like infectious. I mean, it's this has like the funniest moment of all of these movies with the bathtub falling through the yeah. ceiling, and then Tom Hanks's hysterical laughter. I just, ugh, it's funny.
0: I think it's a little much. Here's why. Here's why I said this. I had a similar feeling when I rewatched Turner and Hoot, which is a movie that I hate. Despite owning on DVD, had not seen in like 10 to 15 years. I said before that he is a vessel for the scripts most of the time. I feel like this movie and Turner and Hooch are an exception to that rule where it's like his persona is guy that gets frustrated easily. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's just one too many fucking Hanks meltdowns for me. Oh, that's I how see. I felt about Turner and Hooch. Mm-hmm. It's like every time like Hooch slobbered on his sneaker or fucking chewed up his car or whatever, it was the same reaction every time. Yeah, And I love a Hanks meltdown as much as the next guy, but I, yeah, it, it just felt a little repetitive for me. And I don't know if it ever tops the Rube Goldberg like dominoes falling scene where the scaffolding comes collapsing down and he falls into the bucket of paint it's great you know he ends up in the fountain with the statue peeing on him that's yeah, a great moment it's good it's really good it's an excellent set piece and it's really well made and it, like i totally understand why spielberg would have put his name on something like this. Yeah. i just don't know if it ever transcends that very one note slapstick mode that it's in and I wish, to be honest with you, I cared a little bit more about the relationship. I like. Oh wow! Okay. I found the last half hour to be kind of weird. That all of a sudden she's having an affair with him, and like she might have been date raped by her ex
1: husband. That's kind of what's going on there. No, but she, <laughs> they, the movie calms those suspicions. It does. It, it wraps it up in a neat kid. way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Right. No, I agree. Even then, it's it's a little like the character at the that last half is a little frustrating. Yeah. Just it, is, it is. Yeah. An, it doesn't matter. To me, it just really doesn't matter. The movie never really lost the steam, as I guess it did with you. I think a lot of it is just, again, heightened by the fact that I love the set pieces and I love the characters. And that's the whole movie. Right. I mean, The Bachelor Party is the same way. exactly. Oh, no question. Exactly the same way. It's just a matter of, like, how long does that joke really work for you? I love the setting. I love this house. I love them trying to figure out the house and how the house fights back is really funny. The thing in the floor... Again, that might not be for everybody. For me, I'm just like, yes, I love this movie. I
0: did like when the fireplace collapses when they they try to light it. Like (laughs) The bricks just fall down the shaft. I thought that was pretty good. And I did love, and I wish there was more of this in the movie, but where Frankie Faison is on the other side of the medicine cabinet because Mm. there's a big hole in the
1: side of the house. Great little detail. Right, so
0: he has to hand her, it's kind of like this Flintstones kind of like... (laughs) primitive technology. It's like when all of that is stripped away, it's like you have to do these unorthodox things. And so I, I enjoyed that, that he has to hand her the medicine every morning through the medicine cabinet.
1: Hands her the birth control. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great little deal. That's really clever. I,
0: and, you know, the, the house, like... It's a real clunker, this thing. It's like a this. piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, you know, the
1: staircase, literally, they step on it once and the staircase it falls. falls over. It's just so fun. like, Because you think it's just going to be like, oh, they fall through a step. And right. then it just slowly starts falling apart like dominoes. I it love does it.
0: escalate. That, there's an escalating thing of like, there's no fucking way this... Ca- so, right.
1: <laughs> it, it does turn
0: into this haunted house thing. In a way, yeah. Where it's like, what's the next thing to collapse? That could
1: possibly go wrong. Like, what's
0: coming out of the sink? The fire, There's even that scene where she lights the oven and they assume that it's going to blow up. It's like, at any turn, this house might turn back against you. exactly
1: like don't touch anything is right. kind of the whole movie and then of course someone does touch something and then you turn the head to get it and then it's too late it's all falling down right 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 but, and I'm look I'm, I'm a sucker for a turkey getting shot out of an oven sue me I love a turkey getting shot out of an that's oven. pretty good yeah, yeah I on. enjoy that <laughs> no it's it's a gag movie. I it's, like it's when a, it Polly
0: is Holly throws a turkey out of the door that's what I like I know that's my favorite I love an airborne turkey always that specifically might be my favorite turkey cameo in all of movies <laughs> Pauly getting pissed off and throwing, throwing out a
1: fucking before. turkey. He's got the leg left over. Yeah. He's <laughs> fucking eating it. What an asshole. No, it is a gag movie with the, the question of the relationship at the start of it. And that's enough. It's a simple formula, but it works very, very well for me. It would be a problem if it was, again, another one of those. If it wasn't as funny as it is to me, yeah. then it wouldn't work at all. It's all held together of do I like these actors and can they sell the comedy? And that's it.
0: I want more Max on screen at all times, obviously. I love this guy. Uh, I love when he says to her, you know, you've thrown away this perfect woman, I'll get over it because I'm shallow. <laughs> that,
1: again, there's another character, it's the, you know, the weird cuckold guy like it's a possession character Cy Abelman character. Yeah, totally. We, totally. we love a Cy Abelman that's just always trying to make you feel good while I sleep with your wife. Right.
0: And when he's yeah. conducting the orchestra too and he's like, you will all go to lunch, but if, if you have
1: morals yes. you'll stay, you'll <laughs> practice <laughs> you'll eat in shame or something like it that. It was the best. I, was, I love that character. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he's he's good. You know, maybe I'm warming up to this movie. The more that we're, we're talking it out.
1: It's a good, it's a fun movie, dude.
0: Yeah. I did love Joe Mantegna that showing up gre- as the greaser... <laughs> Carpenter that like hits on Shelly Long as soon as he walks in the yes, room.
1: That was the thing. I'm like, wait, what's happening? What is happening? What is he <laughs> immediately is is about to try to have sex with Shelly Long? Yeah. and he's like, what? So this the- is just how it always yeah, goes. People call <laughs> a
0: carpenter. You know, the women call a carpenter. They're usually looking
1: for something else. If you know what I mean. Could be my favorite Joe Montaigne performance. Montagna, yeah, he's very funny at this, and like a one scene performance. Basically. <laughs> But that's the thing. It's like you got little, little tiny scenes that I will remember just from those little character actors that pop up and just sell it beautifully. It's a lot of fun and you could do a lot worse. It's streaming on Netflix now, actually. So
0: if yeah. you've never seen this movie yeah. and you've heard it referenced for years and years and years, now is your chance to go watch it. I'm going
2: over the fence and I'm not coming back till I find a dead body. <laughs> You want him to take your family, kidnap them, tear their livers out, and make some kind of satanic pate? We found Walter! We got a real problem. I hit the gas i run! God, I love this street. Tom Hanks. I think we are overreacting. No! The Burbs. It's one hell of a neighborhood. Hey, honey. I think we should move.
0: Let's talk about The Burbs from 1989. It's directed by. Your boy, your fucking homie, Joe Dante.
1: Yeah, my boy. I love Joe Dante. We're best friends, best pals, me and Joe.
0: Tom Hanks stars. What are the odds? Along with Bruce Dern, Carrie Fisher, and Corey Feldman, an overstressed suburbanite and his neighbors are convinced that the new family on the block is part of a murderous, satanic cult. (laughs) Yep. This was one of the many critical and commercial flops that Hanks took on in the late 80s and early 90s. Turner and Hooch was really his only hit during this stretch, but it's the Burbs, it's Joe versus the Volcano, it's Bonfire of the Vanities, basically back to back to back. Unfortunately. And it was one of those things where it's a classic tale of like the second you stray outside of the role that Hollywood has typecast you in, you are immediately punished for it.
1: Is it that far off from... I don't think it is, but I think that...
0: I I agree with you. He is just playing Tom Hanks in this and it's a brilliant piece of casting because that's exactly the guy that you need to be your vessel, Mm -hmm. right? Joe Dante Mm -hmm. to really skewer suburban life in the late 80s and early 90s.
1: You need a guy like Tom Hanks. Exactly. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. You need that base in science. You need the base. Right. He's a good base.
0: But you also need a guy that on the surface, yes, is your average two and a half kids mowing the lawn That's every day has the moronic friend next door that he goes and sneaks off to smoke cigars with. But he also has that dark underbelly to his character. Like he's capable because this is obviously a paranoia thriller in the way that like rear <laughs> window was. So such such but Jimmy w- Stewart does a similar thing in rear window. I know. I right. Know. Of like, you're looking where you're not supposed to. And it's this thing. Like my life is so fucking boring. I can't help myself, but to get a pair of binoculars and look inside my neighbor's window. I know. And both of them are capable Hitchcock, of course, knew that with oh, Stuart, yeah. and Dante identified that with Hanks too. by the time this movie comes to its climax and he's digging through the neighbor's basement and breaking and entering
1: and like, oh yeah, Hanks is also capable of this side. It's really fun to watch Tom Hanks like go from the unassuming dude to <laughs> d- digging up pipes, <laughs> looking for skeletons in people's basements, literally right) <laughs> <laughs>
0: So Dante, being a student of Roger Corman, decides he's going to make a macabre Roger Corman-esque haunted house movie in a modern suburban environment, Mm -hmm. which is a brilliant stroke. I think that's just like genius of like the real haunted house are these cookie cutter neighborhoods where everyone is in everyone else's business. Okay. Yeah. This is the modern haunted house. Yeah,
1: basically. (laughs)
0: um, And every scene basically with the dilapidated house next door is impeccably shot, like in terms of like horror craft.
1: Oh, the whole thing is beautifully crafted. That opening
0: just... scene where he walks onto the lawn and the breeze like rustles mm-hmm. the
1: grass and Yeah, I noticed that too, yeah.
0: It's like amazing. Every one of these scenes and the like the organ music that plays when you get the shot of the villains in silhouette looking outside the window. It's and
1: great stuff. Even though when they're packing the garbage in the can, the the lightning in the wind there and the kind of low angle shot of him like he's beating someone to death. Yeah. Great, great little details there. Joe Dante's an underrated craftsman.
0: Oh, yeah. He's one of the greats. I mean, and, you know, of course, he continues making. You the same thing that happened to Carpenter. Yeah. You know, it's like these guys, they make the same movie over and over again, and they just
1: can't sustain that childlike zaniness that he had in Gremlins or whatever. I know. It is a little bit of a shame because that stuff is so good. I mean, I love Small Soldiers is the thing. Yeah. Small Soldiers is great and actually Looney Tunes Back in Action is great. Looney Tunes Back in Action essentially killed his career which is weird. It's so weird. What a weird thing to say, yeah. It's so weird because
0: that movie's really underrated and Frazier's good in it and Steve Martin's good in it and I feel like it's like maybe the most faithful Looney Tunes adaptation in the last 40 years. It should be. If Joe Dante's doing it, it probably is. Yeah, yeah I feel like they've never nailed that. You know, all the stupid spin-off shows they made and... Yeah, yeah that's true. That's the best... I don't know. That's the best one for me. You know, he did that movie Burying the X* in like he's And he's done a bunch of TV and stuff. It's tough. You can't make movies like this forever is the problem. But when he was making them and he was making the two Gremlins movies and...
1: He was making his Twilight Zone short. Man, I like Piranha. I like Piranha. That's Piranha's fun, okay. It's a fun movie. Yeah. This is a really good movie. Very good movie, yes. Everyone's kind of a villain in this movie, which is the best part about it. It's like when mm. you realize that, yeah, no, these people are just crazy. This whole suburban neighborhood is just full of lunatics. The, the Your most average guy is also the biggest lunatic in the world because mm-hmm. he's the only one willing to go down into that basement and do what he does. <laughs> It's a great idea. It's not a biting social satire. It's just taking the piss out of this community. Right.
0: You know, Dante really elevates this material because the style here is amazing. Amazing. And the visual gags, I don't even know how many of these were in the script. Like that scene where they're knocking on the neighbor's door and the sign goes upside down and forms a 666. That was great stuff. Again, that's... all these great just
1: visual jokes. There's not a lot of like verbal jokes in the dialogue. And I love that stuff. Those are some of my favorite bits of comedy. I think the
0: main criticism, if I were to levy one, and I'm not even sure it is a criticism, but the movie ends in a twist. That's not a twist. Nope. Yep. I thought the exact same thing, which is something that I'm sure has been remarked upon plenty when it comes to this movie. But like, you know, if we're comparing it to rear window, which is a comparison that I saw online a little bit too, rear window ends in a similar way. It's like, James Stewart should not be poking in his neighbor's business, but this time he happened to be right. And I think this movie, it's tough because it's more ambiguous in Rear Window. In this one, Hanks gives this big monologue, you know, about how, like, xenophobia is we're bad, We're the crazy ones. Yeah. Right. We're the, you know, we should be more accepting of our neighbors. This sort of exclusive desperate housewives saying is poison. And then it turns out, actually, yeah, they are a bunch of
1: murderers. This is the way I think it fixes itself. Okay. The friend who discovers the femur, he's the killer. Ah, uh, okay. And they're perfectly normal. They, they look weird, but they're perfectly normal. That unassuming, average, suburban dude, which is true to reality. I mean, you know, BTK killer. Right. Fantastic example. Just a suburban dude who happened to strangle a bunch of women. Yeah. Make his friend who discovers the femur... The killer. He also gives
0: that story in the movie about the guy that works at the ice cream shop that ended up murdering his family with an ax or whatever. Yep, 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 yep. You (laughs) know, so you actually have that setup in there. Yeah, there needed to be someone that was framing that might have been a little dark just because he's, like, his best friend and, like, you really grow to love that guy. But <laughs> He's a fucking jackass, though.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I will—I I was kind of— What if Bruce Dern was the killer? No, that would have uh, been too much. No, no. See, he's the guy that needs to just be the weird, quirky right. dude. That guy's not a killer. The other guy, to me, his lack of sympathy for anything going on aside from, like, his point of view. Yeah. I, I could have seen him being the bad guy.
0: Yeah. It's tough. The movie kind of writes itself in a corner, though, because he blows up his neighbor's house by, like— Hitting a gas pipe. Yes. And it's like, you're definitely going to go to jail, my friend, unless these people are actually killers. And so that
1: I feel like it, to give it kind of a happy ending, you almost had to include that. Part of me just wishes they went to jail. Yeah. Do the Seinfeld thing, just put them in jail. Put them in jail, right? That's what they deserve. Right. <laughs> they should still be in jail, frankly. Yeah, right. You don't just have the right to go into someone, even if they're no, killers. No, you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do a lot of terrible shit. <laughs> right. the, the movie's a lot of fun. Like, it's a really good movie. It's a live-action cartoon. Yes, yes, yes. There,
0: There's that scene where the friend falls through the shed and it leaves a human-sized hole in the top of the shed. <laughs> That's great there's stuff. There's so many things in that that are, it's like, oh, Dante is just ready to make his fucking Looney Tunes movie. You can just see it. Gremlins 2 is a similar thing where it's like, that could have easily been animated. Well, look at his uh Twilight
1: Zone segment. It's all about, uh, cartoon it's about yeah, a cartoon character, cartoon Right, yeah, exactly yeah. right.
0: Right, right. So. It's just so visually inventive this mm-hmm. movie and so kinetic. The Jerry yeah. Goldsmith score is incredible too.
1: Another thing I always look forward to when watching a uh, Dante film is that oh, Jerry Goldsmith's going to come back. Right. You know.
0: The I'm all right with the ending. I think just because it sets the tone for itself where it's like I don't need you to moralize about the nature of, you
1: know, domestic life. It's not taking itself that seriously. Like I said, if it was a serious examination on the social conventions of this kind of neighborhood, if they did that, it would be a serious problem. But, you know, it, the movie's not asking you to take it too seriously. It's just asking you to have fun as we do a comedy routine about how stupid suburban America is.
0: Right. Yeah, I thought about, like, American History X, too. Like oh, the, okay. there you go. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, the yeah. ending of that movie, it's like... It's just
1: complicated, that's, that's a movie that's allowed to be complicated because the subject yes. matter so But that ending is
0: an ending that has bothered people, though. Yeah. Of like, You get like this feel-good ending, and it's like, oh, wait a minute, why are you... Con-? I think people view it as a contradiction. And it's like, it is a contradiction, but also like that's part of the point, because life is contradictory. Yep. And I think this one, just because it's so broad in the way that it paints itself, I think we expect a more neat ending. Yeah. And I don't think the ending is as neat as we thought it would be.
1: I don't think it takes away from the the overall emotional effect. I, I, like you said before, I don't care. It's like, yes, it kind of contradicts itself and it doesn't completely work, but emotionally, it just never really bothered me that much because of what the film chooses to be tonally. The fact that it is a cartoon, I think is what saves it.
0: Bruce Dern's really good. Very good. Yeah. Tom Hanks is electric. Yes, he's awesome in the movie. No pun intended. He really is. <laughs> that scene where he, I think he improvised this, but he picked up the gurney to say take me to the hospital you,
1: i was like that man i hope he because that's a great detail brilliant just throws it into the ambulance and then throws himself on top of it yeah. it's a
0: great moment it's a, just a great visual gag and I, I i the only one that i thought was kind of in a thankless part was carrie fisher yeah but I, that's kind of the story of carrie fisher's career Unfortunately. Yeah. it just thankless part for thankless part it's too bad yeah that soundstage that they shot it on, on the universal lot. Oh yeah. The, the universal title card is great too. Oh, that, that where
1: they zoom in. Yeah. yeah, One of my favorite opening title cards ever. They zoom into the planet and then they zoom out at the end. And the way that the, the, seamless transitions do like the animation, like the matte painting effect. And then they go into like a camera and the slow zoom down to, yeah. the, to reveal the house. Like really, really, really awesome craft there.
0: That was really good. And, but also the soundstage that they shot it on, on the Universal lot, you might recognize it from other movies. That's where Desperate Housewives was filmed. Oh, really? So I recognize that instantly. I'm like, oh, wow. this brings me back to my mom watching that show. And, you know, it, it really gives it that old Hollywood technicaler feel, which wow. I love about all of these Dante movies. Yes. They all feel like Hollywood productions. But they do. Just Hollywood productions from a time where there was real ingenuity and creativity at the studio level.
1: Yeah, and also like Hollywood ingenuity, creativity, but also they're allowed to be a little little meaner, a little, yes. little nastier in a fun way. You know, they can right. get away with the stuff that Joe Dante does. Because I look back at Joe Dante like he's a he's a really effective punk. Oh, yeah. I love that Joe Dante. I love how he could come in and kind of shake up the system and then get out. Yes. <laughs> it's great. Right. Yeah. And now he's just, like, directing Hawaii 5
0: episodes. Like, yeah. And I
1: wonder, like, if I watched any of those, like, I would be impressed. Like the Tarantino thing? Yeah. It was the thing that Tarantino directed? He did CSI. CSI, yeah. He did an incredible, and he did ER,
0: too. He did an incredible episode of ER as well. He used to do that all the time. Tarantino would just drop in, and they would let him make a Tarantino movie.
1: That's fun. Eh, yeah. Good for them. Which was sick. That's you know? awesome, yeah.
0: I don't know now if Dante, if all of his, like, CBS, CW shows look like Joe Dante movies. I'd be curious. But I want him to come back and make another one of these things.
2: Oh, no, no, no. What have you done? A man who will do anything humanly possible to get the dog out of his bed. Oh, that's it. I'm getting my gun. And the girl back in his life. I don't have room for a dog like her. Not many people do. Oh, no. My house. Turner and
0: Hooch Turner and Hooch from 1989 is next It's directed by Roger Spot is, Spottiswood
1: the, My least favorite thing about the movie is this director's name Because I kept, I was like Spotswood, Spottiswood I love the fact that his last name starts with Spot
0: <laughs> It's like Mark Webb doing the two amazing Spider-Man movies <laughs> My favorite thing about those movies.
1: It's the only reason why I was hired. Obviously. It's the only reason.
0: This guy, Raj, here, he directed some of your favorite movies ever, including the Bond movie, Tomorrow Never Dies. Oh. And, of course, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. <laughs> Did that one as well. Awesome. The Stallone vehicle. He, he took over this, by the way, 13 days into production. The original director was one Henry Winkler. Really? Fascinating. Jeffrey Katzenberg fired him after 13 days. Why? Because him and Hanks had a falling out. Really? Oh. I think Winkler years later mentioned, let's just say I got along a lot better with Hooch than I did with Turner. This thing stars Tom Hanks, Mayor Winningham, Craig T. Nelson, and Reginald Vell Johnson, our boy from the two diehards. Quick note on Craig T. Nelson, spoiler alert, sorry for Turner and Hooch. The most obvious bit of villain casting it is in the Hall of Fame with Stellan Skarsgård from Girl with the Dragon Tattoo of like the second I see his name in the credits, it's like, well, he's the only semi-famous person in this movie. There's no fucking way he's not the bad guy.
1: like, who else could it be? It's the same problem with Scream 5 with the girl who played the Manson girl. Right. It's like, yeah, well, who else could it possibly be? The most obvious bit of casting ever. <laughs> well, we'll talk about my feelings on the movie, but that was one of those moments where it's like, what were they thinking there? <laughs> Dead fucking obvious. Yeah. A detective must adopt a rambunctious dog in order to
0: help him find a killer. Kind of a gnarly spot for a dog movie, for like a Disney dog comedy. A lot more gnarly than I remember when
1: I saw this movie as a kid. Well, funny enough, because this is the first time I would watched it, what I was not expecting, it's not to say that the movie takes itself seriously, but it takes itself a lot more seriously than I thought it oh, would yeah. with that premise. It it's commits to, okay, what does this look like it's gonna be weird it's there's also... no blood but i mean there's a weapon there's stabbing no there's d- people die you know it's oh, got yeah. it's got sort of a detective cop feel to it for sure it's not really shot like that but it, not all no no, no. well i was i thought it was fine with the way it was shot i was surprised by how competent the movie was given the fact that it is a guy and his dog solving a crime right i thought that would suck
0: yeah with hanks playing a cop too where it's like how do you expect me to care about this? Like, there's a rat inside the police unit story when it's fucking Tom Hanks in his glasses.
1: Yeah, it's an OCD cop, though. And I think yeah, that's like, the, that's it's like, the like a monk kind of thing. Exactly. Right? Yeah, 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 precisely.
0: Totally. Yeah, I was appalled by how much I did not like this movie oh I was, I, I was absolutely appalled um it was a big hit obviously it cost 13 million ended up grossing 71.
1: <laughs> you were appalled by what yourself or just the movie I mean
0: I was a child and I was dumb and I was like you know sucking on my finger when I watched this thing for the first time so like I don't know is
1: yeah I, obviously
0: I was gonna like it but I I fucking hated it I wow. really hated it I found it like so one note. Mayor Winningham, as the love interest, has zero chemistry with Hanks. I don't know. I find her character to be so fucking forgettable, and she's in a lot of it too. Yeah. The mystery is not much of a mystery. No, that's the problem, I think. With Even though so much of the movie is devoted to that, though. is just solving this crime. It's like, I don't give a shit.
1: I, it's sort of. I mean, there's this is another one of those movies that falls into the category of the gags thing for me, where it's more of the movie is the gag than it is the crime. Again, though, but it's like with The, thr- the, like thrust, with the though, Money Pit.
0: It's the same fucking gag, though, over and over again. I'm like...
1: Hooch eats something and Hanks gets mad at him. I didn't have an issue with the gag. I didn't have an issue with the note. To be honest with you, I (laughs) like You've gone soft in your old age, you know. Now now all of a sudden you love Turner. No, I yeah, I just think it's fine. I don't think it's like a great movie or anything like that. It was just you know a decent little enjoyable funny movie. I love Tom Hanks in it. I like this dog performance, if you can call it that. Hooch is a good boy. I love. I mean, the montage where he's ripping up the house and that like making dinner for himself. Oh, that's incredible! Where he just like stares at like the box before doing something (laughs) to it, and then you do a quick smash cut to him breaking the the amplifier. That whole sequence was had me just fucking dying. I really, really enjoyed it. And I was surprised by what they were getting away with with some of these set pieces. Like when they're walking the dog down the freeway with the little pole as Hank's Well, not probably not Hank's, but the stuntman is driving yeah. the car and yeah. stuff like that. Little clever things like that. When like, how are they gonna get this? fucking mastiff in the car and they don't they just they <laughs> walk him all the way home <laughs> and i love little things like that the movie to me is just full of clever little gags like that that were selling the film for me and i think i went in with that expectation like it's just kind of gonna be hijinks of this guy trying to live with a difficult dog right um it's and a- an ugly dog too that's the whole thing this guy is not lassie he is a hideous creature but i love a hideous dog yeah, I love yeah. a hideous, sure. I love a gross, disgusting, hideous dog. Yeah, it's just my kind of dog. They're my, some of my favorite. They're they host a podcast with a, one. Very very much so. Right. <laughs> they're good boys, Nico. Thanks. I love them. Yeah. I love them to death. And I don't know. I didn't really have that much of an issue with the lead girl in the scenes where they're painting. I'm fine with that. It's not great or anything. It's just kind of. It's a movie that for me just sort of did the job just fine.
0: couple notes. Hanks, a fucking snack in this movie. Yeah, he he has. Tidy whitey So not white, but they're briefs that he wears. And he's constantly in his underwear. A There's lot. a scene where he's wrestling with Hooch. Yeah. And you get a shot of like his ball
1: bag, basically. It's like fucking Eastern Promises or some shit. <laughs> like he's very. Him and Hooch's ball bag, by the way. <laughs> Those guys. <laughs> he's was- in good shape. Yes, he He's is. a hunk. I was waiting for that scene, too. Like, again, yeah, there's lots of, like, truth to that. Like, if you've ever had a dog, I'm like, there's what it looks like to be a dog owner right there. I was waiting for that, where you tackle your dog, and then they kind of tackle you and yeah. run he around is, the he is
0: ready to shoot this dog. Like, yeah. he, he gets his gun out, and he's like, I'm going to kill this thing.
1: No, but that's, I kind of love it. It's, it goes from this, like, gnarly, horrible relationship to, like, they genuinely love each other. And then when Hooch gets shot spoiler man i don't care it worked. still
0: fucking worked
1: it works for tom hanks is crying over this his buddy his yeah he's doing
0: captain phillips basically with this fucking dog (laughs) it's the same ending
1: yeah and i think he just says oh he's gone and i'm like oh my god i can't watch this i had a dog that that just passed away and again gave me similar feels damn it
0: i feel like so much of this is all of these movies are adam hall's recent past in some way your experience with your dog <laughs> yeah. renovating your new house going on a bachelor party suburban lifestyle throwing suburban <laughs> lifestyle throwing yourself into a volcano all of
1: these things yeah.
0: <laughs> You know?
1: (laughs) Throwing myself into a volcano. I mean, all this is just the Adam
0: Hall story. I mean, that is the story of Hanks in the 80s. He's really the everyman.
1: No, but I always had a a good anchor. It is another one of those movies where if Hanks is not in it, I don't really like the movie. Yeah. Put Judge Reinhold in this movie, and it is my... (laughs) What a cursed document. <laughs> it is my least favorite movie of all time. It, it, it honestly right. is my least favorite movie. Well, listen, of all
0: time. they remade it with Josh Peck. Yeah, I so know So there's your answer for who the next Hanks is, I guess. It's
1: Josh Peck and the TV show. Exactly. It just right. comes down to like a lot of the reason why these movies are saved for me where they wouldn't be otherwise is because of Tom Hanks at the center of it. I guess it's a movie about a guy and his dog solving crime. So such- like, I'm
0: not trying to be too fucking And at least he didn't make like five more of these. Like, you know, no. Travolta did look who's talking like three or four times. Mm-hmm. A- at least he didn't do that. He just did a one and done. And that was good. And they did the TV show, but that was really it. I don't know. I just found like all of the elements here to be underwhelming. And I, listen, I'm a sucker for when a dog gets shot, I guess. I mean, you got me on that. Well done.
1: Yeah. You Killed the dog at the end of your movie. But then he has a little puppy, he and does. you better believe I was like choking up a little bit to see that little baby hooch in the eating the couch, and he's in the closet. Like, what? I didn't do anything wrong.
0: Hooch is a good boy, no question it's about a good it. Boy, yeah, Hooch is a good boy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're not an animal guy. You're only only a cat guy. That's it. Yeah, that's that's part of your problem. I never had a hooch. I guess. No, 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 you didn't. You would love to put a Jets jersey on it. Could you imagine, Nico? I can see you doing it now, putting a Jets jersey on a hooch. You want to really ugly the dog up. But you would, you say that, I think you would have Put act- a
0: fucking Mark Sanchez jersey on. <laughs> <I'm. laughs>
1: I could see you doing it like a Mastiff. I could see you doing it with a big-ass, stupid-looking dog like this, putting the jersey on, and you're literally sitting there drinking beer and watching the game with him.
0: My mechanic is a chain-smoking alcoholic that (laughs) has a giant dog just like this who I think is the same age as him. They're probably, like, both 70 somehow. (laughs) And I think they both smoke the same amount of cigarettes a day because that dog is fucking ragged and greasy (laughs) and can barely walk. But he's always there whenever I go to the mechanic. And I feel like that might be my life in my seventies. You know, I feel like that eventually I'm going to get a big, dumb, gross looking dog, like this guy at the dock or whatever, maybe get involved in some organized crime just to make some passive income. And you know, hooch is definitely in my future. No question. I'm happy for you.
2: Take me. Written and directed by John Patrick Shanley, the Academy Award-winning writer of Moonstruck. I love you. I love you, too. I've never been in love with anybody before, either. It's great.
1: I am glad that.
2: But the timing stinks. I gotta go. Joe versus the
0: Volcano. We've been teasing this one all pod. It's called Joe vs. the Volcano. It came out in 1990. It's written and directed by John Patrick Shanley. A guy that obviously had a prolific theater career wrote Moonstruck, and, you know, that, that was a massive hit, and so he sort of got a blank check to do whatever he wanted on the big screen along with his quirky theatrical work. And this movie comes out, and it costs $25 million, only gross 39 domestic. So it's wasn't a big hit, but it's not like a flop in the way that, like, You know, we think about flops now. It's viewed that way, weirdly, though. But at the time, right, there were no other methods of really making money. Home video was just starting to become a thing. The narrative around these movies started to calcify, and it's like, what the fuck is Hanks doing? And you combine that with the theatrical reception. I mean, I read some of the reviews. They were fucking brutal towards this movie. Vicious. Vincent Canby and The Times, Peter Travers, Owen Gleiberman, all panned it. Only guy that defended it. Our boy Raj... Three and a half star review, and he said years later, I should have given it a four-star review. Defended it to Siskel's face as Siskel was fucking bashing it. Okay, what did Siskel have to say about this one? (laughs) No, it's just like the pacing doesn't work. Like little nitpicks, stupid little things like that. And Raj is like, this is one of the most original movies I've ever seen. It's a masterwork. And I'm like, fuck yeah, Raj, way to go. Anyway, John Patrick Shanley directs this movie. uh, Does not make another movie until he adapts Doubt. In two thousand eight. Right. That's so weird. Doesn't weak. do anything. Couldn't be more different. Think about <laughs> all of Christ. the movies he could have made in that time. I know. Instead, he just adapts his like stagey play. And it's a pretty like straightforward adaptation. That's it. Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, Lloyd Bridges, Abe Vagoda shows up. Ozzie Davis, your boy. That's right. Oh, I love Ozzie Davis. When a hypochondriac learns that he's dying, he accepts an offer to throw himself in a volcano at a tropical island and along the way learns to truly live. I had no baggage heading into this movie. I knew that it was considered one of his flops. I kind of knew that it was a cult classic. I know it's a Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks rom com. I know Shanley's whole thing. And I know it was a disaster. That's all I fucking know. What I was not prepared for was to watch this movie. And I'm not being hyperbolic here, watching one of my favorite movies of all time. I fucking adore this movie so much, Adam. Like it absolutely knocked my socks off, blew me away, hit me at the perfect moment in my life. It's one of those like life affirming movies where it's like not only is this is why I watch movies, but this is why I live. This is why I'm on the planet. Yep, you know it's so fucking good, and the fact that it was considered this big swing and miss for Hanks and this thing that put Shanley in Hollywood purgatory for the next twenty years and.
1: What are we fucking doing? This is what movies are for. I, uh, Well, here, here, all the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, But it's just my favorite, I think, Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks collab. Which is insane, too. Weird thing to say. Yeah. Um, Three really good ones. Yeah, the critics got this one offensively wrong. More wrong than it's ever been I, gotten. It's um, ugh, is it a masterpiece.
0: Yeah. Listen, I'll give you that the last 10 minutes isn't that good. It's a kind of sloppy ending,
1: but the, like the movie was never not going to have a sloppy no, ending. No, that's okay. It's yeah. okay. It's, in a way, there's a charm to it regardless. It's, yeah. it's a fantastic movie. It's yeah. phenomenal. It is what I want out of a, <laughs> everything I could want out of a movie. I don't think I, I was expecting this movie to hit as hard as it does for it to be this all-encompassing sort of experience, for it to be so profoundly moving and funny and joyful in its adventure all at the same time. Is it a rom com, and not yeah, in a way. It sure it I'm not sure that's what it's as interested in. But you know, if we're talking about movies under that umbrella, yeah, one of my favorites.
0: Uh, I'm gonna read you John Patrick Shanley talking
1: about this movie this and why he wrote it. I, what, I we'll get into the what they did to this movie. I just, I mean, think about all the great movies we were robbed of. I was thinking about the movie, and I knew John Patrick Shanley hadn't made as much after this. No, it, basically every movie he wrote bombed, except
0: for Moonstruck. You know, and he wrote that movie Congo in the 90s. Oh, which was, whoa. Congo. Yeah. Okay. Um, what is it? The January Man, which is like one of the worst movies ever. Like, uh, we're back. A dinosaur story. He has writing He did We're day. Back? Yeah. Oh, my
1: God. We got to do that.
0: Yeah. We got to uh, talk about that. Alive was another one. Um, yeah. And then, again, doesn't get to make his movie until Hollywood says, oh, you won a Tony. You, you, you know, You got credit from your peers for doing something good. So now we're going to let you adapt it. But it's gonna be the most straightforward Oscar Beatty right down the like you're not taking any artistic liberty behind the camera there at all. I know. You're just gonna make your movie as a play, basically. Yeah, but no, but think about all of the great romantic movies you could have made.
1: Like how visually inventive this movie is. Just imagine what he had in him still. It was one of those like how dare you sort of moments, and I couldn't believe that. It went the way of the dodo for Mr. John Patrick Shanley. <laughs> it's just, guys, like, what is the matter with this industry to miss it this hard? Yeah. Like this is right. a great movie. Yeah. It's a phenomenal movie. <laughs> this is what he said about it. Almost all of us are in denial about death. And
0: the weird thing is you think they do that because if you were to worry about death, you couldn't enjoy your life. But I think the reverse is true. If you don't recognize your mortality, you're tiptoeing through life and not letting in the full reality of what it is. When Joe lets that in, that's when life comes flooding in. Mm-hmm. You know, this idea that you have to stare morality right in the face in order to get the most out of life. True.
1: Yeah.
0: Is like so profoundly true, and it hit me in such a way, like that scene where Meg Ryan is asleep on this raft made of suitcases. Mm-hmm. An incredible image, first of all, of just like commercialism keeping him afloat. <laughs> in the middle <laughs> sure, of, yeah. You know, that whole suitcase scene or whatever. But you know, he's looking at the moon, And he gets down on his knees and he thanks God God. for his life. Thank
1: you. Yeah. Thank God. Thank you for my life. Yep.
0: And like, I was not ready for this movie to move me like that, but I just watched that and I'm like, that's everything. That's like, that is exactly the, the exact right amount of spiritualism, Yep. but also like (laughs) fantastical kind of whimsy, Uh you know, all combined into one image and it's kind of corny on paper because it's a fairy tale. This movie is a a fairy tale. tale. Yeah,
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: This movie about a guy learning how to live life in a mm-hmm. short period of time, and he does it through this existential crisis, right? This, like, great what if of, like, well, if you knew you were going to die and you had the chance to go out in a blaze of glory like that, would you? How when he opens himself up to that, that's when all of this love pours into his life. Yeah, you know, He <laughs> finally lets it in. Yeah, he gives the finger to the ways of man. The picaresque elements of this thing, this journey through this very like long
1: hero's journey. It's an odyssey. They even reference uh, Homer's odyssey at
0: one point, yeah. He meets, obviously, three different Meg Ryans, uh-huh. all of them distinct, all of them wonderful. Yep. She's amazing in this movie. Very good. She's so fucking good in this movie. Again,
1: it's not talked about. It's like, what I know about Meg Ryan being great in all those other rom-coms, but it's one of her better roles
0: But we start in this office building. This is his job. This is Joe's job. It's just Metropolis. It's like a remake of Metropolis. It's Metropolis. There's this (laughs) slow march into the office, and he's there. That guy from Blood Simple plays his boss. Dan Danadea, right.
1: I'm not arguing with you. I know it can get the job, but can't it do the job? Yeah. It's just it's repeating the same thing over and well, over. Wasn't that the most Coen Brothers thing yep. you've ever seen? Isn't that like <laughs> yep. the Coen
0: Brothers scene? That's like right out of fucking Hudsucker Proxy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, right out of Barton Fink or whatever. This like office building as this next circle of hell in Dante's Inferno.
1: And here's the thing. Like, it is a rom-com, but this whole sequence is a visceral, disgusting Tough experience. Everything is gray. Meg Ryan is stylized like she's a ghost. Walking in is tough. When you're walking in with the characters, that's hard for me just to watch. And then you get into the office and it's this horrible, hazy blue light that's oppressive and it hurts to look at. And then sure enough, when Tom Hanks is done with it, he says exactly what we're thinking. Yeah, And it's great. He says, like, I could feel the light soaking into me and sucking out my and soul." And Shanley
0: just writes the shit out of that monologue too. It's just, so good.
1: Like, this is the best it's so weird, again, because it is such a fantasy, but it's just, it's all truth. Yeah. All of it is true. No, it's, I, that's yeah. why I
0: thought about the Coens. It's yeah. like this
1: very pronounced, like all of the little
0: weird, quirky character business going on in the background of this thing. And yeah, I thought about, you know, when Barton Fink puts the picture of the woman in the hotel room. It's like
1: this Absolutely, this hotel,
0: yeah. I'm, I'm literally in hell and here's mm-hmm. this little bit of hope, this thing that, my muse that keeps me going. Mm-hmm. And that's what that lamp was that he puts down on the desk. Yep, And then- he goes to the coast. There's a great New York sequence, first of all, with yes, Ozzy Davis as the cab driver. Yeah, it's a great bit. Again, a character in most movies that you would just kind of cast off. They give him an incredible monologue of like, I've been trying to find myself my entire life.
1: Yeah. I finally found out who I was. I don't have time to help you find out who you are. A guy who doesn't know what kind of clothes he has is a guy who doesn't know who he is or something like that. Yeah. Right. It's a great little bit of wisdom there. And then he meets the guy. The suitcase scene is so good. It's so fucking
0: good. Where the guy's like, my life is luggage. All of the mundanity in this movie is (laughs) so beautiful. You know? Uh, When they're at dinner and he tells the band to come play during dinner, I, I paid them to play something that would make our hearts swoon, swoon he says to meg ryan and it's this incredible bit of romance
1: in this like crappy mexican restaurant i know again a great point to learn is that you can find the those little bits of beauty no matter where you go right and it know, all opens up for him yeah, you have to let it in you have to know how to look at it
0: so then he goes to the coast and there's this meg ryan who's kind of like this like fast talking kind of a barbara stanwicky yeah. kind of character yeah, yeah, yeah that's its own style. It's its own short movie Mm -hmm. with these big LA skies and the transition between her painting and actual LA and just like the
1: hollowness of this town and what this town has done to her. And that's another incredible character character. It's not in the movie for that long in the grand scheme of things, but makes this amazing impression, Mm -hmm. an amazing stepping stone in Tom Hanks's journey. Yeah, He needs this character at this point in his life to get To the next character. Right, and he lives it all in a
0: month. Yeah. You know, it's like all this development he had been putting off, and it's just, it comes racing into him in the form of all these different Meg Ryans. Yeah,
1: yeah, it explodes in him. Yeah, she
0: is developing from character to character
1: much like he is. They're they're different characters, but thematically, they're kind of the same character.
0: They're on a similar track, right? Yeah. 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 And there's that great scene that they have on the cliff. She's thinking about killing herself, and he's like, that's not your business. (laughs) That's not for you to do. Yeah. Like death is coming. Like you could, why are you going to bring it about now? Yeah. You know, it's
1: it's one of those ones to basically like, huh? Oh yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Nature's going to take care of this for me. And the movie is full of that shit. (laughs) That's like the whole movie. That looks so good.
0: It's so witty and
1: beautiful. We, we haven't really touched on it much, but it is also just a genuinely funny movie. Yes. I forgot what, what he says. Like the thing about like the timing sucks. What does he say? Like, yeah. oh, I wish we could be together. But. I love
0: you too. The timing sucks. Sorry. Got to yeah, go yeah. with the volcano. <laughs> I yeah.
1: just love that. That <laughs> scene
0: though, I want to talk about Hanks and Meg Ryan for a second because they leave in a little chuckle. Meg Ryan gives a chuckle during that scene when he says that because he like kissed her on the cheek and you can tell that wasn't in the script. There was something about that line reading that really tickled Chick- her. Yeah. <laughs> the way that he's like, the way he sort of cast it off, like, yeah, oh, timing stinks. What so, do you want me to do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they keep that in and that's a little bit of texture that you get in this movie. Mm-hmm. They have, like, such fucking chemistry in this. It's, it's amazing. amazing. They fall in love in 20 minutes, but she's, like, passed out on the raft for most of the
1: movie, and yeah, he's you falling in love with her. You completely get it. That's a great
0: scene. Yes. Ava is like, all right, we're going to have dinner, then you're going to the volcano, okay?
1: Yep. He's like, all right, yeah, yeah. It's quick to sort of question... The logic of what he's doing even there, because you get that great visual carryover of the lightning bolt, the march up right. the mountain that kind of reflects the march into the job at the beginning. Mm. Life is even bigger than this stupid, insignificant thing that you're about and to And it's do. crooked, right? It's crooked, and it, yeah. go, it, it, it
0: goes in a zigzag pattern. It, yeah. There's no, not a straight line. It's
1: not perfect, yeah.
0: Yeah, timing stinks, and they go <laughs> in, and they make a leap of faith together, and they're shot out of the volcano. And I think, again, if I were to nitpick the movie, I don't think this ending is perfect, although it's a hard movie to fucking end. Yeah. My one criticism, I guess, would be that they wrap up that brain cloud thing
1: so neatly. Oh, when they're uh, uh, yeah, okay. The, that the
0: doctor essentially the put him up to it. You know, it's the, the psycho
1: problem again, right? You know, it's that like yeah, eh, let's just like comb it all over, yeah.
0: Doesn't this movie work fine if we're under the impression he's going to die of the brain cloud?
1: It's more profound, for sure. It definitely... Or it's, I mean, it's basically the same thing. Like, we don't need to know that they're going to be okay. No, not at all, you know. You know They don't, or at least they don't need to know. Right. It's not that big of a deal. I think it's still kind of a nitpick. I still think the character gets to that profound place regardless.
0: Well, and what I... they eventually say is like, this is great. I'm not going to die. But also, we're in the middle of the ocean and nobody knows we're here. And we're probably going to die out here. And that's when Meg Ryan goes, it's always something with you.
1: It's always something. It's At the end of the day, there is that element of like, after all we've learned, we know it's okay. We know it's going to be
0: okay. Right. Even though they're probably going to die on the boat. Sure. Like, that, you know? <laughs> if this movie continues another 10 minutes, they're probably going to fucking die on that suitcase raft. The grape soda
1: thing was interesting. The Waponis are not great. It's a little... It's a little cartoony. It's a little much. Abby and I were watching it. We're just like, like, listen, I, I'm usually on top of this stuff, babe, but... I don't get the grape soda. <laughs>
0: yeah. I think it's this, you know, this way that like commercialism co- corporate, is corporate. Kind of, yeah. That was, yeah. This corporate mentality has made it out to this like untouched Eden, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, if the god even says all my people are weak, nobody wants to jump in the volcano themselves. <laughs> and I think it's supposed to be that, you know, corporate America has found its yep. way there because it can mine resources. And, oh yeah.
1: No, no, I get, I get it. And, and it, so they've
0: satiated the public with the most sugary bad for you soda there is.
1: Yeah, you know? I know. And I and I understand like there is a thematic carryover with the the factory at the beginning because of that lightning bolt like yes. there there is a similarity there and how they've adapted and how this element of life yeah, is everybody's affected. working for the man even exactly. if you're right yeah right right it's right. it's very clever in that way uh, it is a little broad though and it feels kind of like it's out yeah, of a different movie in a way yes, exactly it's mm-hmm. not the worst thing in the world like it's it's more of a nitpick than anything it was just it's an odd choice yeah shall I say I guess what just blew me away about it it's one of those
0: like Kafka picaresques Mm -hmm. not to use the word Kafka-esque here on the pod as Jeff Daniels Yeah,
1: we don't like using (laughs) Kafka-esque. That
0: movie has soured me to it, but this movie is very much indebted to Kafka. Yes,
1: I I didn't expect it to be this much of an existential journey. I I really didn't. Yeah, but it's one with, like, hope. Yes. It's a a Kafka
0: movie with hope in the way that, like,
1: you know, Bo is Afraid this year, and
0: and Serious Man, and After Hours, and all those other ones. Like, this one has its heart. In the right place and I was just absolutely floored by it I was absolutely floored by this movie and Mm -hmm. it's one of those movies that is
1: going to not only change the way I think about movies but change the way I think about my life good it is a movie that changes your life and that's what some of the best movies do they change your life it's a weird thing to be saying about Joe versus the volcano right but it needs to be in the movie hall of fame
0: I was worried. I was like, what are we putting in? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, yes, I do.
1: <laughs> it was the moment when he, again, when the moon comes over the horizon. and he says, It's the same moment yeah, for, for me, yeah. God, thank you for my life. I'm like, yeah, this is it. Right. This is it. A guy that has been through hell, but at least he's been through something. It's just a beautiful, beautiful movie that is not full of shit. I think that's the big thing. It really, really knows what it's talking about. Because so often you can see these sort of. Odd, off kilter, whimsical, sacred movies where it's like, yeah, but no movie because you haven't really lived, have you? And this movie finds the upside of things and clearly has lived through it. And I just, what more can you want? Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving, people. Happy Thanksgiving. Anything else, buddy? No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm very happy with this list. This is one of the more fun ones for me. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was a good time. These these all went down pretty smooth, which was nice. Yeah. You know? watched it every day I watched the movie I was like all right sitting down watching a Hanks movie sitting down it's watching a Hanks good movie. thing to do around the holidays it actually. is yeah you I know agree.
0: obviously it's a really good pun <laughs> and I'm gonna pat myself on the back for that one yeah done well but it's also like a pretty good yearly tradition when you're gearing up to see your family on Thanksgiving popping a Hanks once a night
1: absolutely it's perfect yeah, it's <laughs> you know guys we don't yeah you know, we got to get Harry Potter off of ABC or, or whatever where does it uh, premiere? Yeah, it's you, usually
0: ABC Family was the thing before. ABC I don't know.
1: Family or USA or something yeah, like right, that. Right, Wherever right. Harry Potter is on the holidays. Uh, we will see you next week. And until next time. I'm not arguing with you.